Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka The Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. You know how beneficial it is to be in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid group because you get live Q&As. So if you're listening to this and you're not in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid group on Facebook, you're totally missing out. You're totally missing out. The people in there, they're just amazing. So a lot of them are my patients who have just learned a ton, got optimized themselves and now help others, which I am internally grateful for. Some people are just thyroid warriors who have fought their own battle, hormone warriors who have fought their own battle, and they're in there helping others with the knowledge that they've obtained through their own journey. And that's what this is. A lot of us are on a pain to purpose journey where we have, just like myself, gone through the struggle, dealt with the conventional medicine, i.e. sick medicine frustrations. Now we're on the other side and it's, it's a passion. It's a passion inside to help others because that's what we do. So today I am doing a Q&A from many of your questions. So I pulled from what I've been hearing this week from my patients I've pulled from what I'm seeing in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid group, and we're going to get down and dirty with your questions, my answers. First, let's go over synthetic versus bioidentical hormones, because this is huge. Synthetic hormones are the hormones that we use for birth control. So they are birth control the Mirena IUD. And then in days past, now some conventional doctors are still using synthetic hormones, which blows my mind. Because here we have the subset of conventional doctors telling women that hormones cause cancer and they're going off that Women's Health Initiative study that was the most expensive, worst study ever done where they took these groups of women 10 years, some of them 10 years after menopause, they put them on synthetic hormones. They did not even bother checking whether or not they had pre-existing conditions. And the end result was hormones cause cancer. So that's, that's the study in a nutshell. There's so much more to it. There's so many faults with the study that we can get into and break down. But the general overview is they took women 
They did not start them on hormones right after menopause, which that's really where you benefit the most. If you can start on bioidentical hormones, bioidentical hormones, five years after menopause, after you start menopause, your benefits 10X. Now that doesn't mean that you can't start on them. I know that's a double negative. It doesn't mean that you can't start. There's not a bad time to start. I have had 70 and 80 year old patients that we started on hormones because you're still going to get the benefits. You're still going to get that clear thinking, that motivation, the drive. So if we go through just an in general overview, if we go through estradiol, it's going to protect your hair. It's going to help you grow lush, thick hair. So those of you who are losing hair, remember the old lady hair that I always talk about, it's that see-through hair that is estrogen, estradiol. It's going to give you bone, brain, breast, and heart protection. It's going to give you that clear thinking. It's going to plump up your skin and reduce wrinkles. It's going to eradicate your dry vagina and pain during intercourse. Progesterone. So if you're listening to this recorded, then it's in the past. We had an episode come out all about progesterone. So progesterone, huge, huge benefits. It actually improves thyroid function. It improves T4 to T3 conversion. It helps you sleep. It reduces anxiety. It helps with PMDD. It helps with heavy PMS. It helps with heavy cycles. It balances your cycles. It helps you lose weight. It reduces water retention. Virtually cures insomnia. Did I say that already? And then on and on and on. Yes, it does have the same benefits of estrogen in the bone protection, the breast protection, the reduction of cancer. Now we move on to my favorite hormone, testosterone. Testosterone is the get shit done hormone. It reduces your risk of cardiovascular disease. It improves drive, motivation, muscle mass. It helps prevent sarcopenia, the wasting of muscle as you age. Of course, it improves your libido. It improves your body composition, reducing body fat, improving muscle tone. It helps with foggy thinking, brain fog, energy, erectile dysfunction, if you're a dude. And the benefits go on and on from there. So those are the bioidentical hormone benefits. When we look at synthetic hormones, i.e. birth control, they carry with them the side effects of blood clots, stroke, breast cancer, weight gain, water retention, dot, dot, dot. Huge difference between bioidentical and synthetic hormones. Now, I've seen in a couple of groups, just as I peruse online, I've seen a couple ladies out there touting the benefits of the Mirena. When will we use the Mirena IUD? So in the grand scheme of synthetic hormones, birth control is a no. If you're still taking a pill, and here's my argument, right? If you're in your 20s and you're taking birth control to prevent pregnancy, you know, what am I going to say? I don't want you getting pregnant if you don't want to get pregnant, even in your 30s. But maybe by the time you start to mature, and if you're in your late 30s, 40s, and God forbid, 50s, and you're still taking birth control, can we find another method? I mean, can, can we mature a little bit and just find another method? Okay, you want me to say it? I'll say it. Can you use a condom? Can you do timing? Can he just pull out? Because... No, we want to reduce your risk of pregnancy. We don't want you getting pregnant, especially if you're fertile and you're like 40 and you're like, no, I don't want a baby at 40. 
But do you really have to be on synthetic hormones that are going to damage your health? Can we find another method? This makes me think of the Seinfeld episode with Elaine when the sponge was like going out of stock. And so she bought a bunch of sponges and you had to be sponge worthy, right? No one is marina worthy because it's damaging you. Now there are arguments. That's what I was going for. There are some arguments online in different forums and different groups where women will say, well, I have the Mirena and it helps me not bleed and it helps me with heavy bleeding. And my doctor said it was okay. It's still synthetic. Now it's not as bad as birth control. It's not as bad as the pill. And sometimes when we have a woman that can't tolerate progesterone, last case, worst case scenario, we will use the Mirena. That's after we've gone through the oral progesterone and the cream progesterone. And if someone can't tolerate the cream and we have to use the Mirena, then we have to. But if we can avoid it, we avoid it. I had one patient who had her Mirena removed and she lost 16 pounds in a month. That's synthetic hormones, ladies. That's what they do. So if we can avoid synthetic, we should avoid synthetic and go the bioidentical route, the benefits are tremendous. Everything I just went over. Okay. On the, on the hormone piggybacking, cycling progesterone. Here's a big one. Let's say you are menopausal and or you don't have a uterus. You can pretty much take progesterone every single day. Now, even in menopause, we recommend that just, can you take one day off a week, two to three days off a month? That's it just to give your body a break because the evidence is not hard and fast. So we don't have any true documentation that I could lead you to, to say, look here, here's the evidence. But our receptor sites, our progesterone receptor sites can get clogged if we don't take time off. And it's specifically for those with a uterus. That's when we really want, because we don't want to build up the uterine lining. So that's when we want to cycle progesterone. Even if you're not having a cycle anymore, you still have a uterus. I know, let me, let me break this all down. You're still having a cycle. We want you to take two weeks off to mimic that cycle, to mimic your normal rhythm. Two weeks on, two weeks off. Let's say you're perimenopausal and your cycle is erratic. We can go three weeks on, one week off. Let's say you're in menopause and you have a uterus. You can go three weeks on, one week off, or you might choose if the benefits are just so tremendous on your sleep and your anxiety, and you dread that one week off, you can take a couple of days off per week, maybe one to two days off per week. If you are full-blown menopausal and you don't have a uterus, or you just are not menopausal and you don't have a uterus, you can do progesterone every day. If you're full-blown menopausal with a uterus, and let's say you've been deep into menopause for five years, and you're just now finding out the benefits of bioidentical hormones, and you decided to start on them. With the progesterone, I would still have you take one or two days off, one to three days off per month, just to be on the safe side, just to give that little break. And that's not asking too much. That's just that small little break to give your body a break from progesterone. Now, you will hear every opinion under the sun of this on progesterone. 
you will hear women that say they take it every day and they have for seven years and not a problem. You'll hear women say that if you don't take time off, you're going to downregulate your estrogen and your estrogen will plummet. And now you'll become a low estrogen, almost menopausal state. You'll push yourself into menopause. You will hear every answer under the sun. So I'm going to give you, well, I just did my two cents answer as to what I like to do. It's a little bit, it's a little flexible. So when I have a patient that's like, progesterone saved my life, saved my marriage because I'm not bitchy anymore and I'm actually sleeping. Okay, well then we'll give her a break and we'll say, listen, can you, can you at least take like three days off a month? Just that, just three days. Tell your husband to go out on a camping trip and just take three days off a month. And that maybe is when you're bitchy, but maybe just those three days aren't enough to really bring back the bitchiness. Progesterone, we can do so much with. So if you are bleeding, if you're spawning, if you're having two periods a month all of a sudden, then we can do progesterone ongoing just to try to stop that bleed. Now that also depends on what we're doing with you hormonally. If you do start to randomly bleed or spot, we do recommend that you get a vaginal ultrasound to check your uterine lining. Because if you're on static dosing and you bleed when we don't want you to, then we want to check the thickness of that uterine lining. If you're on rhythmic dosing and you bleed, then good for you. That's what you're supposed to do. But if you're on rhythmic dosing and you bleed twice in a month, you have to get a vaginal ultrasound to check the uterine lining. And this is very, very, very common. Very common because sometimes an ablation needs to be done if that lining is too thick. So we need to shed that lining, take it down a little bit. And that will also stop you from bleeding multiple times in a month. Progesterone is just one of those hormones that we can dose, whether it's in, I'm talking dosing milligrams or dosing the amount of time, we can dose it according to you. This is all part of asking, how do you feel? We can dose it according to you. We can dose it according to what you run into as you start hormone replacement therapy. But the one thing to remember is that hormones do take 90 days to build up. And you might just get some wacky symptoms in those first few months. On my frequently asked question document that I give to patients, it literally has in there. I'm spotting, I'm bleeding, my period's longer, my period's shorter, I had two in a month, I had one in a month, I skipped a month. And the answer is, yep, it's about right. Because you just started hormone replacement therapy. Remember back in the day when you were on birth control, when you were young and actually needed birth control, and then you stopped it, because I know I'm talking to a lot of women right now, and then you stopped it, and it's like, I didn't have a period for six months. And then I had one. And I didn't have one for three months. And then I had one in two, two in a month. This is what happens when we start messing with your hormones. Even if we're working on balancing them and optimizing them, hey, these things happen. Your body can get a little bit wacky. But after three months, we should start to see a pattern. And that's when we address any kind of excessive bleeding. That's when we'll send you for a vaginal ultrasound. Okay, I want to talk about the inability to tolerate T3. This is a big one that I see as well. The inability to tolerate or increase your T3. Now, does this mean that you can't take it? No, it just means that we have to check all of those boxes 
to see what exactly is going on with you. So I always start with cortisol and ferritin. Those are the two big markers that we will test when someone is unable to tolerate any amount of T3, a small amount of T3, or they can't go up. These are the people that if they go up by 2.5 or 5 micrograms, they're anxious, they're jittery, they're sweaty, they feel like they're crawling out of their skin. I call it icky and sticky. When you feel that way, we have to go to the first two big red flags, cortisol and ferritin. If ferritin is low, and with ferritin, with Hashimoto's, we want ferritin right around an 80. Again, some functional practitioners will say 60 to 80. Some will say 80 to 100 with Hashimoto's. Let's just hit 80. If you're less than that, we need to use iron. Use my iron fixer, pair it with vitamin C, take any kind of blood builder, beef liver, all of those that will build up your iron stores, which is ferritin. Ferritin is your iron source. Build up those iron stores and that absolutely will help with those feelings. I have a totally separate episode on nothing but ferritin. Low ferritin will mimic hypothyroid symptoms. I mean, the weight gain and the fatigue and the anxiety and the depression and the hair loss, it will mimic hypothyroid symptoms. So we definitely want your ferritin levels up. Number two is cortisol. If you are feeling, and this could be low cortisol or super high cortisol, but we want that cortisol in a pattern. We want it to be high in the morning and then gradually drop down throughout the day and be low at night because we want it high in the morning to wake you up. We want it gradual through the day and then we want it low in the afternoon or evening so you can go to sleep and chill out. If you are running high cortisol all day long, that's gonna push up your blood sugar. And naturally, high cortisol is going to build up adrenaline. It's going to produce adrenaline, those surges of. And that's going to make you feel like you're amped up, like you're hyper, like you're achy and sticky, high heart rate, jittery, crawling out of your skin. And low cortisol is as interesting because low cortisol, your body is so smart. We need cortisol for survival. It's not a bad hormone. We just want it in the right amounts at the right time. So low cortisol, your body will steal progesterone. Hello. Remember, it's our balancing hormone, anti-anxiety, chill, better sleep. It will steal progesterone and pregnenolone. And pregnenolone is a precursor hormone that builds, helps the other sex hormones build. It will steal those two hormones in order to make cortisol. Now, if you really get down to the biology, it doesn't actually steal it. It's our body shifting over. Our body makes the shift over to to utilize and break down progesterone and pregnenolone to make cortisol. But still in all, your progesterone is going to drop and you're going to naturally feel more jittery, more icky and sticky. But it can also be in that low cortisol state, the, there's a need for T3. So if you listen to Paul Robinson, and I did a podcast with him a long time ago, T3 needs cortisol, cortisol needs T3. And that's why he developed the circadian T3 method in do how to dose your T3, sometimes in small amounts or larger amounts, methodically throughout the day to then improve your adrenal function and increase cortisol where it's needed because T3 will push up cortisol a little bit. So we can strategically use that T3. And if you're very, very sensitive, we can use it in tiny increments, maybe 2.5 micrograms at a time until your body gets used to it to build that back up. 
Now we can also use things like ashwagandha and adrenal glandulars to help soothe and heal the adrenal glands. We can use progesterone to give more building blocks to have that anti-anxiety calm effect. As we're trying to introduce T3, build that up and bring up the cortisol. There are many things we can do, but that's what we check. We check ferritin, we check cortisol. Now, the other thing that I'll check with the people that have that sensitivity, the inability to increase their T3, the sensitivity to an increase in T3, we'll check your gut. Because if you have H. pylori, if you have dysbiosis, if you have candida, all of that can interfere with how your body actually breaks down and utilizes the T3. So this might be a case where we do a sublingual dosing. We'll put the T3 under the tongue and do a sublingual dosing of T3 to see if that person can't tolerate it a little bit better rather than having it pass through the GI tract. Now, obviously you're going to swallow some. Some T3 will be ingested and have to pass through the GI tract, but most of it being sublingual, absorbed into the bloodstream through the, through the mucus membranes in your mouth. That's a better way if you are really sensitive to take in your T3. Now, sometimes this doesn't work. I've also done this with people where it just doesn't work. Now, when all those boxes are checked, then we start to dig a little bit deeper into the functional medicine space. Now, many of you know that I do not like obscene amounts of functional testing. We can get so much knowledge and information from blood. But when we have to, we have to. We have to go a little bit deeper. So even the cortisol test is a saliva test. So the only way you're going to get an accurate read on your cortisol is doing a four-point salivary cortisol panel. The GI map test is a stool test. It's the only way you're going to get that full readout of what's going on in your gut. I mean, from, like I said, the H. pylori, the candida, parasites, worms, the balance of good and bad bacteria, beta-glucuronidase, which is a marker of your detoxification pathways, how you methylate estrogen, metabolize estrogen, elastase, IgA, which is your SIG-A. That's the first line of defense in your gut. We can measure all of that with a GI map. Now let's go a little bit further. What about mold and heavy metals? I always tell you guys, we all have exposure to mold. We all have exposure to heavy metals. We pretty much all have Epstein-Barr virus and most of us have some kind of tick-borne illness. The question is, how does your body react? Is it, is it built up enough to be able to withstand that stress? So my argument with all of these practitioners out there that are hyper-focused on, I'm gonna heal your mold and we'll eradicate it and then you'll be fine. We don't have to do anything with your thyroid or your hormones. I call bullshit because you can fix that mold problem all day long. But if you're thinking that that person's thyroid is going to come back up, the T3 is magically going to build and that they're all of a sudden going to reverse in age and start producing hormones when they're 45 years old, not going to happen. You better be addressing your thyroid and hormones at the same time. And then guess what? You probably won't have to do that expensive mold protocol because your body is resilient. It's resilient to that mold exposure. Now I know, I know there's going to be haters out there that say, well, I got rid of my mold and I felt a ton better and that's all I needed. Well, how bad was your thyroid and hormones? Maybe you were fine and it was just down to the mold. That was the last piece of the puzzle that you had to address. Then you addressed it. Now you're fine. 
yes, heavy metal burdens can absolutely put a huge damper on the thyroid. Thyroid is not going to work if we are burned down with heavy metals. And that is why I keep saying with this shot that they gave us a couple of, well, not me, a couple of years ago that we are seeing weight loss resistance because of the toxic burden. Whenever your body is under that kind of toxic load, that allostatic load, then yeah, it's going to struggle because your detox pathways can't handle that amount of burden from the pesticides that you're exposing yourself to, to the stuff you put on your body with phthalates and parabens and fragrance and perfumes to the heavy metals that are in your body, the amalgam fillings in your mouth every time you bite down, the things that you put into your body in terms of shots and medications even are toxic burdens. So we take medications, well, i.e., thyroid hormone replacement therapy by bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. I don't put them in the same category as medication. What I put in the category of medication are the Band-Aid medications, the statins, the antidepressants, the sleeping pills. That puts a huge stress on the body, huge stress on your liver. So you better be supporting your detox pathways, pooping every day, sweating, doing a sauna, doing hot yoga. You better be supporting your liver, throw in some liver fixers, some milk thistle, whatever you do for your liver, support your liver, eliminate alcohol, eliminate sugar. That absolutely pounds the liver. Get your insulin resistance under control. Take some berberine, balance out your diet, eat real foods, clean up your house and what you put in your body and on services. So what do you clean with? When I say clean up your house, I mean, clean house of the shit. Get rid of the Lysol and the commercial cleaning agents, use some water and vinegar or use some method, right? And that's what you're gonna use to clean your house. What you put on your body matters because the skin is the largest organ. Anything you put on goes in. So if you're still washing with suave and slathering on some bath and body works lotion, you're adding to your overall toxic burden. And that is going to make you less resilient to the stressors of heavy metal exposure, mold exposure, the Epstein-Barr virus that we all have, that we're all walking around with. It's going to decrease your stress resilience. So number one, build up your thyroid, build up your hormones. You will be more resilient to everything. But if you are still, and check your adrenals, check your cortisol, check your ferritin, check your gut. Then we go on to what's your mold exposure, what's your heavy metal burden in your body. Maybe we have to take care of that in order to take you to the next level. Mineral balance. Sometimes a hair tissue mineral analysis is necessary. Now, this is a specialty test that only those who are trained in HTMA can read. So this will show us what are the true mineral balances. Maybe something is off and that's just enough to make you sensitive. Now, I will fully admit, I don't know how to read an HTMA. I have not gone through that kind of training. That is a specialty training. A couple of my health coaches know. We've had upgraded labs on before. They do a full hair tissue mineral analysis and they consult with you. So sometimes you have to go that route. And yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Sometimes it costs extra money to get these tests done 
so that we can have the full picture. But I promise you, I try to avoid it at all costs. And we check all of the boxes first, all of the other boxes, the ferritin, the cortisol, everything. We check all of it first before you spend any other money on functional tests. And any functional practitioner out there that says you can't walk in their door until you have $1,000 worth of functional tests done, tell them to piss off too. Because blood is the best. Serum, blood gives us the most accurate picture of anything, except for cortisol. Cortisol, we need the saliva. Because blood to cortisol is one moment in time, just in the morning. It's only going to tell us if you're too low or too high. But saliva cortisol gives us that full picture throughout the day. So it's going to tell us, are you high in the morning and then high, high, high all through the day? Are you flat line low and then low, low, low through the day? Do you have a reverse curve where you start low in the morning and then you're wired and tired at night because your cortisol is jacking through the roof? Saliva, only way to know. Now, this is going to help me transition into these hormone clinics and these well-known hormone experts. That's actually a quote from one of you in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid group. Woman goes to a well-known hormone expert, whoever that is. You know what they test for her thyroid? TSH. Now, granted, they did a testosterone and a progesterone and estradiol, which she was all low in. But in checking her thyroid, they checked TSH. So did you all know that we can prescribe to all 50 states and many provinces in Canada? So... Why you keep bouncing around from doctor to doctor? You know that you're going to waste more money and more time trying this doctor over here in this hormone clinic. And maybe this time somebody will actually test me and treat me properly. Why don't you just come see us? Honestly, like, yeah, this is an absolute shameless plug because I'm so sick of people asking for referrals in my group to other doctors. And I'm like, hello, you know, we do that, right? You're going to spend another year. You can spend, you can spend another 10 grand. I have had patients come to me. This one patient totaled it up, totaled it up. She got sick. $80,000 in different treatments, different doctors, different promises, different programs, different supplements, different pellets, different this, different that, the clinics, 80 grand. Now that's high. I would say most people have come to me spending in the thousands, if not maybe 10 to 20 on these other bullshit programs and other bullshit doctors. I'm telling you, functional is now a buzzword. Functional medicine is like keto cereal, right? Keto products, gluten-free, quote unquote, products. It's a buzzword. If these docs use it and slap it on their marketing, you're going. Because you heard functional medicine is great. And it is great. True functional medicine practitioners get to the root cause. But every functional medicine practitioner has a specialty. And I have said this over and over and over again, trying to help you. If you don't work with me, take this piece of advice and run with it. You ask questions. How do they treat? What do they test? And you know from listening to this podcast that they should test TSH, free T3, free T4. The totals are a bonus, whatever. Reverse T3, TPO, and TGA antibodies. T3 uptake is a bonus, but they better be testing total and free testosterone, progesterone, estradiol, estrone, total estrogens. Although the total estrogens aren't necessary if we're testing estrone and estradiol, 
S-H-B-G-L-H-F-S-H-D-H-T. They better be testing all of that. Insulin, ferritin, how about IGF-1, GGT, lipid panel, CBC, CMP, all of it, all of it. Then one step further, they better use bioidentical hormones. If they say they don't do testosterone, run, because that means they don't have their DEA license. So they're just telling you testosterone is bullshit because they can't prescribe it. If they can't prescribe thyroid hormones and they give you some bullshit cure, like, oh, you don't need thyroid medication. All you need is a magic wand and some fairy dust and some supplements. Run. They can't prescribe. I'm just saying. So to save yourself money and time and agony, find someone that actually specializes in thyroid and hormones, please. If you don't work with me, find someone, grill them. You have the right to ask the questions in the very beginning. Do you use T3? Do you use armor? Like, are you open to all thyroid medications and blends of? Uh, how much time do you spend with the patient? Do you prescribe testosterone? Do you believe in bioidentical hormones? Ask all of those questions before you sign up because I am sick of these hormone clinics milking people for money and especially the pellets. And I will say it again. Listen, if you are out there and your world is a much better place with pellets, then good for you. You're, you're, you're one in maybe 500. And I do. I see you every once in a while. I will have a patient come in and they love their testosterone pellet and that's fine. Then keep getting it. But if you're like the other 499 women, that pellet is jacking you up to a super physiological level of testosterone. You're losing your hair. You're breaking out. Now there's nothing you can do because it's in your ass and they can't get it out until it goes away and dissolves. So please, please, please ask questions before you sign up with anybody and don't just go to a hormone clinic. You ask your questions before you drop your cash. I think I got almost everything. The last thing, the last thing, I have a couple of minutes. The last thing I will mention, this came from a dear, dear friend of mine that we are working on her hormones and her thyroid. And she had a DNA test done by a very popular DNA company. And listen, side note, one of my health coaches is an epigenetic human performance specialist. You heard her on a previous podcast, Susan Robbins. She does DNA. And even out of her mouth, she will say DNA is shows you what your body might do. It is not predictive nor diagnostic. So if your DNA test comes back and says, in this case that I was dealing with, you shouldn't be taking estrogen because your DNA shows that you don't methylate estrogen very well and it might cause cancer and go down the wrong pathway. All right, wait a minute. So you're saying that because maybe kind of sort of possibly I will take my estrogen down the wrong pathway, which there are very easy, basic supplements that we can add in, and acetylcysteine, DIM, broccoli seed extract, cruciferous vegetables, glutathione, iodine, help the detox pathways, we'll sweat, we'll poop every day. So maybe kind of sort of possibly I might push my estrogen down the wrong pathway. I'm just not going to take it and get the breasts and the bone and the brain and the heart and the skin and the vagina and the hair protection. I'm just going to let all that go and age 
shittily and and just deal with all the I'm going to get Alzheimer's and cancer and heart disease and I'm going to be on 10,000 different medications and I'm going to be depressed and I'm going to lose all my hair and I'm going to lose my sex drive and my vagina is going to dry up and shrivel up and then I'm not going to want to have sex cuz sex will be painful and I'm going to get all wrinkly and but yeah because my DNA report said maybe kind of sort of possibly I'll push down the wrong pathway. Now I'm not picking on her. I love her to death. I'm 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 picking on the DNA companies that stand on this. Shame on you. You should be telling people that this is an epigenetic possibility, but that they can determine how their genes are going to express themselves. If they want to live a craptastic life and eat sheets and not work out, chances are that DNA switch is going to flip into the wrong position and some expression of DNA is going to be bad. But but what if they take care of themselves and do all the things and we can keep their DNA from expressing itself in a negative way? We can suppress that, that genetic propensity and keep that switch in the off position. And then you use hormones and live a fantastic life. That's what I'm choosing. So DNA, very interesting, not diagnostic, not predictive. There is such thing as epigenetics, which you can override your DNA. Okay. And there we have it. Thank you for coming. Remember to join the Girl Fix Your Thyroid Facebook group because these peeps in here are getting this first weeks before you do. And they get to ask their questions and have it answered live. So to all y'all in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid group, I love you. I will see you soon. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, That would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team, They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon. 